Hey, welcome to the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. Wow, we're going to be listening to and talking about episode number 85 of the Andy Kriva Show, The Great Filling Station Robbery. I'm your host, Alan Newsom, and I'm thankful to have you with me here in Mayberry once again. The Mayberry Bible Study Podcast is based on the original Bible study originated by Joey Fan back in 1998. Now, we're going to be looking at uh episode of the Andy Griffith Show tonight, as I said, the Great Filling Station Robbery, and we're going to see how the behavior of some of the folks there in Mayberry reflect positively or poorly from a Christian perspective on their character. You know, what should they be doing? So I hope you guys are going to enjoy this. We're focused on the 16 public domain episodes of the Andy Griffith Show because we we don't want to show bad character and break copyright law. <laughs> so we're going to be studying the public domain episodes. And again, I'm thankful to have you with me. Now tonight, or today, whenever you're listening to this, we're going to be, uh, as I said, the great filling station robbery. Now this is when the young man, Jimmy Morgan, is accused of breaking into Wally's service station and stealing supplies, and Andy's got to figure out who really did it. Of course, Barney enters the age of electronics, and he decides to solve the mystery by stringing you know, of robberies by using some modern police methods. Andy's more concerned with clearing the name of a young man who was given a fresh start with a job at the service station. Now, the great thing about this particular episode is we were actually joined, we actually recorded this during the Mayberry meetup in Mount Airy in July 2013. So there's an entire crew of folks that are going to be making comments and stuff following the episode. We'll go straight into that. It was filmed at the gazebo out front of the Mayberry Motor Inn in Mount Airy, North Carolina, Andy Griffith's hometown. Oh, I should have mentioned that you can go over to MayberryBibleStudyPodcast.com and look for the episode, The Great Filling Station Robbery, and download the, sh- the lesson plan for the Bible study that we're about to do. So definitely do that. So go over to MayberryBibleStudyPodcast.com and download the full lesson plan for the Great Filling Station Robbery. So folks, uh, I think it's time to get started. So we'll head on over to Mayberry and listen to the episode and then head right into the Bible study. So enjoy. The Andy Griffith Show, starring Andy Griffith. With Ronnie Howard, also starring Don Knotts. We joined Barney in the courthouse, attaching a speaker and microphone system from the courthouse desk into cell number one of the courthouse. Andy enters the courthouse, followed by Opie. Andy sees the microphone on the desk looks into the jail cell and sees Barney hanging the speaker on the wall and running the wire. Andy motions to Opie to be quiet, walks quietly over to the desk, sits down, and turns on the microphone while Barney is standing right beside the speaker in the cell. Howdy, Barney! Barney jumps back and fight. What's the big idea? Just saying hello. Well, you don't have to be a smart aleck about it. 
What is it, Barney? It's an intercom. Just what this place has been needing. About time we started modernizing this place electronically. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I'm going to use it to communicate with the prisoners. You know, tell them it's time for lunch or it's exercise time in the compound or they got a visitor or whatever. Wouldn't it be easier just to walk right over and tell them? <laughs> they don't do things that way anymore. This is the age of science know-how, electronal marvels. Hey, speaking of marvels, I got a marvelous new carburetor out in the patrol car to get it put on. Yeah, well, I'll get to that. I got it on my list. Listen, I didn't tell you the most important part about this. This thing works the other way, too. Whatever goes on in there, we'll be able to listen in on it out here. Well, don't you get it? It's our own little spy in the sky. <laughs> what kind of things will we listen in on outside of Otis' snoring? All right, I'll show you. I'll give you a for instance of what we could hear. Barney walks into the jail cell. You ready? Ready. All right, Lefty, you and me's busting out of here tonight. Did you hear that? Perfect. Heard every word. There you are. Complete control with just the flick of a switch. Oh, I didn't turn on no switch. I heard you couldn't play without it. <laughs> Come on, Andy. You're not cooperating. And besides, prisoners wouldn't talk that loud. They'd whisper. Now, turn it on. I'll show you how that thing will pick up even whispers. All right. Come here a minute, Ob. You sit right down here. When I give you the signal, you whisper. All right, Lefty, you and me's busting out tonight. Ain't got that? Okay. Ready, Master Control? Ready, switch on. Okay. All right, Lefty, me and you's busting out tonight. You hear that? No, must be too far from it. Barney motions Opie over closer to the speaker in the jail cell. Okay, let's take it again. All right, Lefty, me and you's busted out tonight. No, still no good. Barney goes back into the jail cell with Opie, has Opie stand up and look toward the speaker as he whispers. Okay, once more from the top. I can't, can't quite make it out. Barney goes in the jail cell, looks at the speaker, steps up on the bed, pulls Opie onto the bed with him, and lifts Opie. You hear that, Ed? <laughs> Perfect. I heard every word. Now, if we can get one prisoner to hold the other up like that, we can hear every word they say. <laughs> want me to say it again, Barney? <laughs> That's all right, Lefty. You can go ahead and bust out and play. Okay, Paul. <laughs> I wonder if it'd be louder with bigger wires. <laughs> oh, no. Since you're busy, Mr. Marconi, I'll get the carburetor put on myself. This is Mercury Control over A-OK -okay and out. <laughs> Andy exits the courthouse and heads over to Wiley's.
Livy heads inside while he's carrying the carburetor for the squad car. Howdy, Gomer. Hi, Andy. What is they regular high tails? Neither one, Gomer. I want to get this put on the patrol car. You want that put on your car? Mm-hmm. Sure ain't gonna help the looks of it, none. Uh, it, it don't go on the outside, Gomer. It goes on the motor. That's the carburetor. Wally, he'll put it on. Now, that's a good idea. <laughs> it's one thing he knows, it's engine. Yeah, boy. But he can't attach that for you. Why not? He ain't here. He ain't. When'll he be back? Couldn't say. He's gone over to Jefferson County seat for the week. And me, I don't do no engine work. Huh. Just gas and oil and water and air. Yeah, I understand. Water and air is free. We don't make no charge for it. <laughs> but now, you take gas and oil, that is a different proposition in tar. We make a charge for that. Depending on how many times the pump out there goes ding-dong. It's 30 cents a ding. Well, I, I reckon you can't help me. Hiya, Gomer. Hi, Jed. See you boys tonight? Sure thing. Howdy, boys. Oh, sure. I arranged to let the Hanson brothers park their car inside while Wally's away. Uh-huh. I'll check the air and water for you. No okay. charge. Okay. Go See on. you, boys. But I didn't do anything, Mr. Carter. I just borrowed it. You've told me that a dozen times. Oh, Sheriff. Hi, Mr. Carter. Something wrong? Hmm. I finally found who stole the battery out of my truck. And just as I figured all along, it was young Morgan here. A uh, fine way to show his gratitude. You know, I hired him to make deliveries for me. I paid him a sight more than he was worth. And just the minute my back was turned, he stole me blind. Oh, and this, this was your idea, Sheriff. Give him a chance, you said. Yeah, he's always getting into trouble, so give him a job. And let him prove what he can do. Well, he certainly proved it. I built a starter motor out of old parts, and I just wanted to see if it worked. So I took the battery out of the truck into the back room for a few minutes to connect it up. Now, that is a likely story. Go on, Jim. Well, it, it was kind of greasy, and it slipped out of my hand and broke. I was going to get Mr. Carter a new one. Honest, I was. Uh, Jimmy, you want to wait outside just a minute? <clears throat> right over there. You don't actually expect me to lock him up, do you? Well, now, that isn't the worst idea in the world. Well, a new battery won't cost you but about $12.95. Won't you just take a little out of his pay every week? No, because there won't be no pay. No, I told him he was through. I cannot have a boy like that working for me. Sheriff, it's very simple. Either I get a new battery, or you put him away. It's a brand new carburetor he's going to put on his car. Boy, that'll really boost the power. Put on dual points, advance the timing, switch the manifold. That'd really hop her up. Uh... Jimmy, you reckon you could put that thing on? Well, sure. Gomer, how'd you like to have somebody help you get caught up on all this piled-up repair work? Who's that? Well, Jimmy here. You ready to go to work, ain't you? In a garage? Sure thing. What's that, Gomer? Well, I don't know. Wally, he ain't here. I'll fix it up with Wally. Now, see here, Sheriff. It'd solve everything. You'd get a new battery, Gomer would get some help he needs, and I wouldn't have to fill out them long complaint papers. Well, it might be all right. Okay. Oh, you're making a mistake, Sheriff. A big mistake. This boy cannot be trusted. He's got sticky fingers. You're just asking for more trouble.
Back in the courthouse, Barney sits down at the desk with a cup of coffee in his hand. <laughs> Sarah, get me the Bluebird Diner. Now, I know it's early, but there'll be somebody there. Juanita? Barn. Hi. I just thought I'd be the first to say good morning. Cock a doodle doo. <laughs> no, I just made that up. Listen, since you're uh, working the breakfast shift, I guess that means you'll be getting off early tonight, huh? You uh, guess what I'm building up to? Yeah. Yeah. Eight o'clock? Good. Okay, I'll see you then. Huh? Barney's oh, back to the again? door and doesn't see Andy walking. Kind of like that, huh? Cock a doodle doo. <laughs> Cock a doodle doo. <laughs> you want to stand up, Barney? I want to see if there's an egg in the chair. <laughs> Why don't you say something when you come busting in on people? People? I didn't know there was anybody here but you chickens. <laughs> Sneaking up like that? Uh, you can blame Jimmy for that. He's got the car running so smooth and quiet. Now you sure, get out of... Sure, you got to help me out. What am I going to tell Wally? Well, what's the trouble? Well, the box with all his brand new tools in it is missing. Missing? You mean stolen? Well, all I know is when I opened up this morning, they was gone. While his best tools gone. The guys and all was there, but the tools, they was gone. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I remember, because Jimmy was using them last night, and he stayed late and locked up for me. Uh, you say, uh, Jimmy locked up? Now, who could have done a thing like that? the door was locked when you when you come in this morning, huh? Yeah, and all windows, too. I don't know how anybody could have broken in. Hmm. Gomer, I don't want you to tell anybody about this. Not even you? Uh, no, you can tell me, but don't tell anybody else. Gomer, when are you going to open up? I want to get my car out. Right away, right away. Morning. Morning, Sheriff. You know, the lock don't seem like it's been tampered with none. Mm. There ain't no Jimmy marks on it. Mm. Hey, speaking of Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Gomer said you wanted to see me. Yeah, I understand he's working you at all hours of the night. Oh, it's not that bad. Mm. You finding plenty of tools to work with? Oh, sure. Wally's got a great set of tools. Mm. Wouldn't mind having them myself. Nothing wrong, is there? I mean, your car's running all right since I fixed it. Oh, never better, never better. No, there's nothing wrong. Just want to see how he's making out. Well, we better get on back. Come on, Bart. Huh? Well, I don't know why you didn't just bring him in. It seems like an open and shut case to me. That's just it. It's too open and shut. Huh? Well, whoever's doing this is depending on the fact that Wally's out of town. Well, just going with there, it's an easy touch. Sarah? Any calls? All right, thank you. 
See, they think they got away with them tools unnoticed, so more than likely they'll be back for more. Oh, I get it. We set the trap, we bait it, we wait, and when he tries again, we pounce and we got him. Pretty neat. That's the idea. Yeah. Since Wally will be back the end of the week, they'll probably try again real soon. Maybe even tonight. So we set up an all-night stakeout, huh? Well, scientific crime busting ain't come up with anything better than just them long hours of waiting around. Nothing else we can do. Yeah. Maybe there is something else we can do. Yeah. Maybe there just is. Inside Wally's. You take that piece of string, you attach it to the shutter of that camera, you make sure it's secure, then you take your string, you run it through your hook number one, <laughs> run it through your hook number two, your number three, your four, and your door. And now the trap is set. Gomer, from now on, anyone entering these premises, the minute he opens this door, he triggers that apparatus and gets his picture to him. Shazam! <laughs> Captain Marvel wouldn't have thought of that, Barney. <laughs> well. It's night, and we're outside Wally Service Station with Barney hiding behind some barrels. <laughs> Looks around Wally's, sneaks around the corner. As someone approaches him from his left, it's Gomer. But Barney doesn't see him as he's looking around the corner of the building. Barney turns to his left and. <laughs> what are you doing here? I just wondered what was happening. Why well, nothing's happened. Chances are the word's out that I'm here and ready and waiting. In which case, ain't nobody gonna try nothing tonight. We see inside Wally's, and the trunk of the car opens, and someone's inside. Climbs out of the trunk. Stretches his neck. Gomer and Barney are outside the window of the Wally service, while behind them you can see someone taking flashlights off the display. <laughs> yeah. The more I think, the more I'm convinced. We've scared them off, Gomer. <laughs> Pretty obvious there ain't gonna be no action here tonight. Items continue to be stolen from behind. Close line tail, that's what's missing. Four flashlights, six fan belts, two sets of battery clips. I can't figure it. I just can't figure it. Honest, Andy, I didn't leave my post, except maybe once or twice to walk around. Oh, that's all right, Barn. But whoever got in here didn't bust in. They got in quiet like with a key. With a key? Hmm. 
Well, wait a minute. Jimmy's got a key, ain't he, Gomer? Yeah. Well, then it's him. It's got to be him. If he's got a key, then it's him. It's the boy, all right. Hmm. Wonder why the cash register wasn't touched. I keep that locked up. Oh, it was the boy. There's no question. Hmm. Well, I'll go over to his place and pick him up. I'll see you, Barney. Wait a minute. That key you gave to Jimmy, which door does it fit? Front door there. Gomer, we got ourselves a picture. Shazam! The tramp word. Screwdriver, Gomer. Let's get this film down to the lab at Mrs. Mason's drugstore. Say, so you don't have the slightest notion how these items happen to disappear, huh? That's right, Sheriff. Well, Jimmy, the fact is, somebody's been taking stuff from the film station. Somebody knows his way around there pretty good. But it wasn't me, Sheriff. Honest, it wasn't. Look here, boy. The best thing you can do is come clean, because we got even more proof. Something the sheriff don't even know about. It's on its way across the street right now. What's that, Gordon? What you didn't know was that you was under high-speed photographic surveillance and reconnaissance. Here she is. Miss Mason rushed it through the chemicals and made an enlargement for you, Barney. Then there is a picture on it. Gentlemen, I give you science in action. Proof positive. The camera does not lie. It sees all, tells all. There is your criminal. Toto is a Barney. And then Gomer turned to look at him. Barney finally glances down at the photo. Well, it's me. You take a real good picture, Barney. See, I never do. Oh, uh, Jimmy, I'm afraid this don't change things, but... He's gone. He escaped. Well, if we was looking for proof positive, I guess this is it. Won't do him much good, though. He can't get far. Oh, that must have happened when I was setting it up. Miss Mason said she'd make up a whole bunch of prints for you. You could give one to Aunt B, one to Thelma Lou. You could have one here at the office, and they make real nice presents, and you could have a whole bunch of wallet-sized ones printed up. Hush up, Gomer! Amy and Barney arrive in front of the courthouse in the squad car. Hello. What? How long ago? Well, you stay clear. We'll be right over there. Gomer just went by the film station, saw somebody moving around in there. You mean it's being robbed again? I guess so. Come on. Andy and Barney arrive at the at Wally's and sneak up to look in the window. Did you see anything? No, we're gonna have to get closer. Wait a minute. There's somebody in there for sure. They look inside and Jimmy is connecting wires to the cash register. It's him. It's Jimmy. We caught him red-handed. 
Jimmy's lowering the wires. What's he doing with that wire? I don't know. And heading out the you door on the side. the blast open the cash register. I don't know. Come on. Jimmy comes out the side door and kneels down to begin connecting the wires to a bunch of batteries connected in series. All right, Jimmy, that'll do. But, Sheriff, I... I guess there's no more to be said. Back inside Wally's, we see one of the brothers with his hands stuck to the gas station. Turn it off! I'll tell! I'll tell! I'll tell! Turn it off! (laughs) I connected smart coils to the cash box. Oh, I'll be dogged. He hid in the trunk. How about that? A regular Trojan horse. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Well, I guess we'll have to chalk one up for the youth of today, Barn. Not to mention good old scientific know-how. Yeah. <laughs> good Come work, guys. Back in the courthouse, Barney picks up the telephone. Sarah, uh, get me the Bluebird Diner. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. <clears throat> Juanita? Barn. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I finished that poem. You want to hear it? You got something to hold on to? Okay. <clears throat> Juanita. Juanita. Lovely, dear Juanita. From your head down to your feet, there's nothing half so sweet as Juanita. Juanita. Lovely, dear Juanita. Oh, his back is to the door and Andy walks in. Of which men like to sing, there are pretty sunsets and birds upon the wing. But of the joys of nature, None truly can compare with Juanita. Juanita, she of beauty beyond compare. Juanita, Juanita, lovely dear Juanita. From your your head head down to your feet, there is nothing half so sweet as beautiful Juanita. That's beautiful, Barn. All right, so that was the Great Filling Station robbery. And uh, <laughs> there's so many great scenes in there. Uh, complete control and just a flip of a switch. You know, all those different lines that Barney gives out. Uh, but what we saw during this episode, and I think the thing that we uh, hopefully as Christians can start thinking about, is the points here, you know, like blaming others. So the questions we got down in the bottom, we got some discussion questions. So, what was your first impression of Mr. Carter? What was y'all's first impression? He was pretty judgmental. I mean, he pretty much had his mind up that uh, Jimmy was a bad kid and causing problems. And 
then he want to hear a chance that he might be innocent. You know, right. Give him a chance to prove himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was immediately... You, you don't know why he was like that. I mean, he was a, some kind of a store owner. He owned a business of some kind. But what you were... Probably something may have happened to him in the past or somebody had stolen things from him. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Why would he act that way? So that's good. Well, you can, you can kind of see his point of view, too. If he's a business owner and, yeah. you know, someone has... You know, if he even thinks the guy stole from him. I mean, it's I can see both ends of oh, yeah. it. Definitely the judgmental part, but also, you know, he's just trying to look out for his business. Right. Well, don't you think a lot of times after you... If you've dealt with situations like that... Uh, if you're a bit, if you run a business, or uh, if you're an IT support person, or if you're a telephone, you know somebody that responds to questions, don't you get kind of jaded over time? I mean, you, the tendency is. It doesn't mean you do. You got to fight against it. But I think, uh, to me, Mr. Carter. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of where he was. Uh, of course, he wasn't like that back when he was, uh, you know. A different character on the show. It's the same guy, right? That was uh, O'Malley, Mr. O'Malley, same guy. But anyway, so I, he was very judgmental. He uh, he was definitely immediately thought Jimmy was doing something no good, even though I thought you know Jimmy's explanation seemed reasonable. It didn't sound like he was lying or anything. So what did you think of Jimmy? That was uh, did, what did y'all think? I mean. You know, I guess I thought it. He sounded pretty honest. Yeah. I think that he did something foolish, right. but not necessarily criminal. Right. He had borrowed. He had borrowed a battery or something without asking. Right. And Mr. Carter seems like the kind of person who would rather be right than happy. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, because it was probably not a good idea. You shouldn't just take somebody's battery out of their car <laughs> without asking. But in general, I felt like Jimmy seemed like he was being honest about it. And he's, I was just trying to see if I could get a starter. I think it was what he had rebuilt. You know, get it going. So I, I like that. So uh, on, uh, on that idea... Blaming others, we got some verses about that. So in uh, Zechariah 7, 9 through 10 is one of them we're looking at. It says, this is what the Lord, Al- uh, Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts do not think evil of each other. So I think that's what Mr. Carter, right off the bat, his first thought was that this kid's up to something. You know, he is doing something he shouldn't have done. You know, why why he did that, we don't know. But we are told that that's not what we should do. And then in Luke it goes on and says, "Do not judge or you will do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And it goes on and says, uh, he also told him a parable, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fail or fall <laughs> into a pit? Uh, a student is not above a teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. So as 
as Christians, we need to be really slow to judge people. Try to think the best of them. That's one of the things I think the Andy Griffith Show is always showing us that, if we look at it. Uh, no matter what was going on, you saw in this case, I may be jumping ahead of myself, but you know, Andy was looking that maybe Jimmy is telling the truth. I think as Christians, we need to try, which is hard, to have that attitude that, uh, you know, that even though somebody says something and it sounds like it was mean or mean spirited or something like that, maybe we need to think just a little bit about why did they say that? You know, what if the if the waitress waiting on you at the restaurant is not being as nice and as you think she should be? You know, a lot of times our, our first reaction is to immediately just start, oh, I'm, I'm, she's not getting a tip. You know, we start behaving like that. And I think I think that's kind of sad because, I mean, what, what if she's having a bad day at work? Her boss chewed her out or something's wrong at home. Or And as a Christian, if you're sitting there giving her more grief, that's certainly not a witness that you want to, you, you don't want anybody to find out you're a Christian at that point, right? Well, we take it personally for one thing, and that's our pride coming out. You know, I, I don't deserve to be treated like that, you know. That's right. Yeah, we do take it personal. Yeah, we're being treated bad. You know, and I think that's, uh, that always hits us. But I really think Andy Griffith Show, if we watch it, you know, of course the Bible says that, because it says there in, uh, that I was just reading in, uh, in Luke, talking about a student is not above his teacher. But everyone who's fully trained will be like his teacher. Well, who's our teacher? You know, Jesus is supposed to be. He would, of course, he would know who did it. But, <laughs> but he would be loving on the people who are being accused of things that, you know, yeah, maybe they did it, but maybe there was a reason or there's some, some reason to have it. And he would love them. Not uh, not just judge them. I think. I think that's what it's all about. What you were just saying, and probably sort of sum up this whole thing is, too many of us, including me, we want to always accuse somebody that's young or that somebody that's not, some anybody special. And if we look to try to follow Jesus, he was always choosing those kind of people to be the people that done the work for him. And when we accuse those people unjustly we just turn them further away instead of winning them back to Jesus that's how he I think that's part of why he did what he did to show us we ought to be that way towards those kind of people to win them back like he won them back amen yeah anybody else got any good words of wisdom I agree that's that's true anything on that now, why do you think Mr. Carter accused him of stealing we already kind of talked about that a little bit, where we had said that, uh, you know, he was, it, it was all about him. You know, he was thinking about himself. Maybe maybe he had had business dealings before where it was like that. So um, in our Bible verses here on uh, suspicious minds jump to convenient conclusions is what we talked about. And so in uh, Colossians three twelve through 14, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. You know, it's really hard if you, I mean, for me as a Christian, when I, if I can keep in mind, which this is a daily problem, daily, hourly, minute-by-minute problem, to remember what Jesus did for me and how do I hold that some debt against somebody else for something they may have done to me when, wow, what Jesus did for me, you know, overrides all that. So... I think part of the problem is too that they tend to jump to conclusions that the young person did something wrong, and we don't give young people young people the credit. Uh, you know, automatically they're bad; they've done this wrong. And there are some bad young people out there, but there's also some bad adults out there. And adults tend to jump to the conclusions about young people. Not well, you know, they're young; they don't know any better, or they're you know they're bad, but they don't stop to think that you know they're there they can influence that young person and i think it's even worse today where people jump to those conclusions about the young people and if they were there in their lives as a mentor that even a, a good kid you can help them become better but a bad kid you could also help bring up so i just think we give young people a bad rap i don't think especially and the, the older you get i think the the worse you are toward young people. I mean, as far as your your attitude you have toward the young people, and I think that's sad. You know, and that's, I think that's a that's a really good point, and I think it's not just young people. We we do the same thing to young Christians. I mean, if they're fifty years old and it's a new Christian, we think that they should be the same place a fifty year old Christian that's been a Christian for thirty something years is. I think we do the exact same thing. We we don't show grace toward the people who they don't know better. If a new Christian becomes, if he becomes a Christian, let's say he, uh, before he was a Christian, he's thirty years old or something, maybe he he used to use foul language of some kind. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you immediately change every behavior you ever had to be what you should be doing. That is a process that we go through through our entire life, and hopefully. Hopefully, by the time we're older, the young person who grew up in, in the church maybe and became a Christian, and the, that person who was older, they continue to improve themselves. They grow more like Christ. That's what we're trying to do. And that, I think that's what we've got to remember. We can't, we can't hold everybody to the same yardstick. You know, I, I teach Taekwondo. We have brand new students that walk in off the street that are white belts. They don't even know how to make a, the movements that we make. And yet we, we teach them all the way through as they go up. And by the time they're black belts, it's pretty amazing to watch them. But what you'll see is those younger black belts often are extremely hard on those white belts because they don't remember what it was like four years ago when they were over here and and i say that because it's a to me a really a good example in my life anyway of the difference in growing in christ just like getting those belts as you go through some kind of a, a school martial arts maybe getting those different levels that's kind of what we do as a christian i hope i think a lot of us get stuck about yellow belt and never go any further a lot like a lot of Taekwondo students. But we need to be working our way up. 
to to not be the guy who jumps to the conclusion right off the bat about the young kid. Yeah, obviously this kid is, uh, you know, he stole something. Yeah, it's a kid. That's that's what kids do. Get off my yard. Get off my lawn. You know, the old guy that's doing that. You don't want to be that person. And so that's that's good. Anybody got any, anything else on that? Feel free to share. It's good. I, I appreciate it. Uh, why didn't Mr. Carter calm down after Jimmy tried to explain it? Why Why was that? He didn't believe it. Yeah, he didn't believe it. His mind was made up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was just... No explanation you were going to give was going to be a satisfactory explanation. I, I agree. He didn't, he didn't care, and he didn't know why. Um, so uh, what did Mr. Carter mean when he said he didn't want someone like Jimmy around? I think he has stereotyped his personality. Just thinking, you know, uh, like... Jan said, you know, a lot of times people think kids are bad, and uh, I think he had in his mind that people Jimmy's age are just are just bad, and he didn't want to be around anybody or have anyone like him in his mind, you know, the way he, you know, already uh, uh, stereotyped him uh, to be that uh, he didn't want people like him around him or working for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was convinced, evidently, and you got to kind of wonder about Jimmy, because uh, Jimmy, I don't know how old he he appeared to be a teenager, maybe a 17, 16, 18-year-old kid. Didn't really hear him talk about his mom or dad or anything, really. So you kind of wonder, yeah, what what was going on? Yeah, because usually if somebody was accused of something like that, Andy on the show would have been going to the daddy and talking to him or the mom or whoever was the parent. You didn't really see that happen on this one, so you got to wonder if that's also Mr. Carter. Of course, I'm reading a lot into this, but Mr. Carter, maybe Jimmy was a kind of a didn't have a good family life, and I don't want people like him around. You know, that's uh, that's not what we need. And also, Andy suggested you know give him a chance, so maybe he had a poor home life, or right. Andy was concerned about him. That's right. Yeah, because Andy was real compassionate in this, I think, and and did not immediately, at least, jump to any conclusions here. Let's see. On the, talking about that, about uh, what did Mr. Carter? Let's see. Uh, why did he say he didn't want him around? Let's look at uh, stop booking, uh, stop judging a book by its cover. So that's Matthew uh, seven, one through five. I've got that somewhere right here. Here we go. Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, you will be measured. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Boy, have we heard this a lot. Uh, How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time you've got a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the plank or the remove the speck from your brother's eye. Wow. I mean, I, I hear that a lot mainly because I'm reminding myself of it as well. <laughs> and I think we need to hear it because it, I think a lot it is so easy. Uh, let's say uh, you have no problem with alcohol. 
I got no problem with it. That's not a sin that I am uh, tempted by. The real tendency in our lives, I think, is with that plank still sticking out of our eye, but I don't have any trouble with drinking. I can't believe you drink and you get drunk. That's the first. I don't have any trouble with that. So you start immediately condemning somebody else for that behavior. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about, Mr. Carter. It's pride. It's, uh, you know, ah, yeah, I'm better than you. You know, because I don't have that speck in my eye. Of course, I got this plank because, uh, I don't know, pornography or uh, running around on your wife or something like that that you have in your life. But you drink. Huh. You know, I'm better than you are. And I think uh, don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, it says don't judge or you'll be judged. And, and the measure you use will be used to measure you. So that's pretty... If we remember this, that's pretty. Uh, so that makes me want to be careful not to do that because I don't want to get measured by the <laughs> by some standard that I'm trying to hold other people to because I don't think I want to get held to that standard myself. You know, so all right, let's see. Uh, and uh, then the other verses there about Romans was it's about judging, and then Samuel. Samuel's talking about uh, appearances. He said, First uh, Samuel sixteen seven says, "But look, but the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have re- for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." So that's a warning too. That if you're looking at Jimmy and thinking he just doesn't look. He looks like somebody would steal stuff. We need to be real careful about that. Uh, did Andy have much reason to trust him? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Andy knew something about him. I don't know. But uh, I don't know if Andy had any real reasons to, to really trust him or not. But he, he, he tried. I mean, he was trying to give the kid a break and let him at least have a, a chance. And in, uh, let's see where we are, in Matthew Matthew 7, and we got some verses listed there, but I'm just going to read uh, 17 and 20 out of those verses, just uh, time-wise. Uh, it says, uh, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bear, bad trees bear bad fruit. And I'm just going to jump on down to 20, and it says, uh, Thus by their fruits you will recognize them. To me, I mean, I didn't know Jimmy. We don't know him. We only saw him a little bit on here. But he seemed like a really honest kid. If he had been stealing the tools from Wally's, you wouldn't think he'd have come back the next day. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to think, well, this just doesn't add up, you know? At the end of the episode, when he was hooking up the, the, the batteries to the cash register. And Andy's looking around the corner and he says, he's, you know, he's hooking up, he's, and Barney's going, he, he's stealing batteries. And Andy's like, it just doesn't add up. That's not, it doesn't make sense what you're seeing there. So I think we've got to be, we've got to be careful when we're, we're judging people and try to see what fruits they are given. You know, because you know sometimes people claim to be Christians and they don't have any fruits. 
you know they're not they're not active at the church they're not they're not active in people's lives trying to do stuff and I think we've we need to be aware of that kind of stuff and we need to be aware of it in ourselves more you know that are we are we got have I got any fruit am I doing anything you know are my fruits bad or are they good you know so you may got anything on that at all well, I think uh, Andy, as a, you know, the sheriff and the justice of the peace and the judge, I think that he wanted conclusive evidence before he made an opinion on, on Jimmy. I think he was being fair and giving him a reasonable doubt because I, I believe in his heart he felt that there's a possibility that Jimmy is innocent until I have concrete evidence. I'm not going to make a judgment. That's right. That goes. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think uh, in almost all episodes, that's what makes Andy's character so Christian-like. He's always looking for the good in people and never hardly ever looking for bad he's always trying to prove how they're right or how they're good that's right yeah yeah I agree with that that's one of the the things as you go through trying to do these bible studies you always see Andy trying so uh, why did Andy give him so many chances because he gave him a bunch of chances I mean we saw that right on the bright side. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Looking on the sunny side of life, isn't he? Yeah. Well, and the Bible says love covers all. You That's know, right. when you, he said, he, I've given you a new commandment just to love one another. And if you love somebody the way you love yourself, you're not going to do all this other stuff. So we don't have to have a list of commandments. If you love somebody, you're not going to judge them. You're not going to... And people mess up all the time, but you, you do. You give them another chance. That's what... You know, what do you do? You just, It's like so many times that kids like you were talking about, if they come to church with long hair immediately you know especially older people they just write oh they're bad they're you know or if they have a tattoo god forbid and they run them out of church before they even have time to get the word in them to change them you know god doesn't deal with you he he wants you to come as you are you won't stay as you are but you come as you are you know amen i I agree with that 100 percent. that's what i was saying earlier just because you become a christian you can't you don't just immediately stop drinking or whatever whatever sin you have a problem with you don't necessarily immediately stop now you hear of that happening i mean you hear people that some miraculous thing happened but that, get instant deliverance from something that's of, right of drinking or something like that but right. the bible says we go from faith to faith strength to strength glory to glory it's a process and we have to walk it out your spirit's renewed but your mind you have to renew your mind right. and and start a whole new whole new way of life <laughs> amen yeah I, I completely agree and it's definitely a process you're going through because the holy spirit's working in you trying to trying to remind you you got to be listening right. but it's trying to remind you i believe to do the things that that christ would do and do the things that uh you should do doesn't mean you won't slip doesn't mean when you hit your hand with a hammer you don't yell out things you shouldn't yell <laughs> you know but you should definitely not be proud of it. You should be, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you should have a repentant heart when you do things that you knew you shouldn't have done. Oh, I can't believe I did this again. You know, it's one of those kind of things. And uh, it's kind of like... Sometimes people want to keep you in condemnation for something you've done wrong if you mess up. And, then, you know, I think this is the way I counsel. Admit it, quit it, and forget it. I mean, you know, admit it, you go to God, you admit it, you quit it, and you forget it and go on. You cannot let that define who you are because who we'll see how I think Joyce Meyer says who you are I'll say what you do is not who you are you know you do make mistakes and things like that so 
if he borrowed a battery, that doesn't mean he's a thief. That just means, you know, right. he, he didn't do, he probably should have asked or whatever. And yeah. he, <clears throat> well, he's a kid. Yeah. And he didn't think, wow, that never happens, does it? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. he wasn't planning on breaking the battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that probably wasn't the first yeah. thing he was wanting to do. And Satan wants to keep us condemned. You know, as long as we're condemned, we are no good for the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's where he wants us to stay so that we can't do anything for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that is 100% true because it's... Uh, you always look at your life and you realize all the things that other people don't know that you do that you that you struggle with. They they don't know about it, but you do. And well, I'm not good enough to do this. Who am I? Ah, man, I can't believe uh, we were talking about this yesterday. John and I over here we we're talking. I'm a deacon at my church, and there's all these qualifications for deacons. And you read those qualifications, and you're just like, oh my goodness, you know, am I am I meeting these qualifications? And I think you're trying to meet them and, and doing the best you can. And you're, and you, but again, if you slip or if, you, if something's wrong, you, you try to fix it. That's the, I think that's the real key in your life. You're trying every day to be more like Christ. You're trying. It's a, it's a process you just keep having to work through. And the other thing, it's, it's really a daily thing that you have to put on that armor of God I heard somebody talk about this the other day saying, uh, you know, the armor of God, you, you have the slings and arrows coming at you every day from Satan. He's always trying to keep you down. Well, if you walk around every day and forgot to put on that armor, those arrows stick you. But if you can walk around and you've put on that, that helmet and the breastplate and God's armor, those arrows that Satan's throwing at you, they bounce off and don't really hurt too much. You, you, you're... You're saving that, but it's a daily thing. Because boy, you, I, y'all may be better than me, but it's a daily thing that every day I'm struggling, uh, trying to make sure that uh, I can I can just. Uh, we should have the armor and everything it was only for the front. They didn't have anything on the back, so you've got to keep going toward no matter how how hard it is or how much they're shooting at you. You've got to keep going toward it. You you have nothing. If you turn and run, you're going to get killed. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. I like that. You're always moving forward, yeah. Well, and I think it's important for people to realize, too, that Christians are human. We are capable of falling and failing. But when that happens, you know, we can claim First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, the Lord's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And like you said, we, we move on and move forward and keep our eyes on Christ. Because a lot of people will look at Christians and if they do see us fall, they say, well, I, I knew he wasn't as good as, you know, sometimes, you know, Christians, other people are watching us and when Christians fail and non-Christians see that and they think, oh, I knew he wasn't a Christian after all. And a lot of people think that we're going to be perfect or if we give that air, we're better than everybody else. And then when we do make a mistake or fail, then the non-Christian say, oh, well, I knew he wasn't really a Christian or something. But people need to realize that. You know, we are going to be imperfect in this life, and that's why Christ came and died for us. Amen. Oh, this is good stuff. Y'all guys are good. Uh, we talked about Andy. Why did he give a bunch of chances? Why did Barney not? Why did Barney not give Jimmy as many chances? Barney was pretty much within a few minutes ready to go, boom. Yeah, he's guilty. Well, Barney's like the disciples that, uh, you know, Andy was like Christ-like, really. I mean, he... A lot of times, the, the disciples condemned Christ for hanging out with the with the with the bad folks, you know. But uh, and I think that's why kind of Barney was acting as 
one of the disciples. Why, why are you hanging out with him? Why are you giving him chances? You know, right. so yeah. Because he rushed to judgment as well. Barney just rushed yeah. right in, and, and you just go by. And you know, even you know, when it talks about faith, it says faith is the evidence of things not seen. You know, you you don't just just because you see something one way. I mean, you can't just go ahead and judge it like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, don't you think most Christians, when they had what Barney had, I mean, even all of us Christians, if we know that it it wasn't it wasn't broken into, and Jimmy had the key, most all of them would have had the same thought Barney did. Yeah, yeah. Well, even Andy in the end. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go pick him up. Right. You know, so you had to. It's part of the humor in Barney's character that he always goes along with an idea that everybody espouses. And then he changes, just like that if everybody else changes their mind. I've seen him change his mind smack in the middle of an episode because that's the humor of his character. Right. Well, it, everything, uh, that, everything's true about that, too, that he is also like a child. When you look at Barney's character on The Andy Griffith Show, he, he was a lot like a child all the time. He was always easily swayed one way or the other. That's the reason uh, in these Bible studies, Barney is often the one that's not acting the way he should act. He's kind of like a, maybe a new Christian that is quicker to, hopefully the longer you're a Christian or the more mature you become in it, you can be more humble and forgiving of those people that have done things around you uh, that you might have been uh, concerned about. So let's uh, let's read. I think I got. Uh, where am I here? On Romans twelve nine. I can find it here. Uh, twelve nine twenty one, which I've lost. <laughs> I got it on my sheets of paper here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I think we. Well, I did read that, didn't I? Uh, talking about the love, and again, that's the same thing. Love is uh, love must be sincere. You know, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. All those kind of things were the things I think that Barney had a hard time with. He was easily swayed and moved back and forth and and moved around. Got to speak for Barney, okay? I, I'm sorry. I got to speak up for Barney and all ADHD people out there, okay? I don't think Barney's intent was ever um, to, you know, look over the good in somebody or to, to make a poor choice or something. He simply was looking for the quickest means to the end. And I think my husband, bless his heart, it, it, you know, gives me that kind of grace every single day because, okay. You know, if, if Barney had been on Ritalin, he'd have been fine, okay? <laughs> but he wasn't, you know, and he was all over the map, and it was the quickest way to just solve the thing. He was always looking for, you know, open and shut, you know. He was always looking for the most direct route, just get there, all right, let's down, move on. And he rarely thought things through, rarely, you know, because he had to get to the end. He did the end first. <laughs> so I, I understand the guy, I mean, you know. So, I mean, you know, it, 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 I give... I give Barney lots of grace when it when it comes to to thing. I don't, I don't think that he was ever, um, but it, it takes somebody like an Andy that's got the patience of Job, okay, to deal with that, and you know, or like John, okay, um, that would 
give you that kind of grace yeah. and let you make your mistakes or lead you the way that you need to be led, you know, right. and give you the kind of opportunities to learn the patience. I get those a lot, don't I? I, so anyway, I just had to speak. No, no I, and I agree with you. I never thought. I never have thought Barney's doing it on purpose. Uh, it's not a purposeful thing. It's just his character. He, like you said, he jumps to conclusions very quickly. He does that always. A young Christian Barney was like a young Christian in a way because, really, if you watch his character through the years, he finally starts realizing himself. I messed up. And that's something that I love about the character. Andy will always stop him when he decides to go in and say, well, I was really, he's like, oh, don't worry about it, Barn, you know. But, and so he covers it. But I think, in a way, Barney was like a, a young Christian. First, you jump to conclusions, and but then as time goes on, you, you start, you know, go, going, the right, going the right way, thinking the right things, right. judging people the right way, you know, right. so, yeah. As time goes on, he learns to go more by the heart. And less yeah, by the heart. <laughs> like Andy's always trying to tell him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is exactly right. Yeah, I, I've never. I love Barney, obviously, but but I've never thought he's doing any of this stuff purposefully. So yeah, good job taking up for him. I I appreciate that because we we love Barney, but you know, we see the frustration Andy has in dealing with him. Sometimes, you know, what did he say that one time? I wish we had a psychiatrist in town. Barney would make a great study or something like that. But that's, you can kind of see that that's how God is with us. Don't you think that he ever gets like, oh, my God, what have I done? But, you know. Well, that's what I'm usually saying that, uh, yeah, God's, God's uh, not, 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 not doing this in any way on purpose. But, but like Andy's treating Barney, God, God is that patient or more patient than that with us. So. Jobs about like Aunt B and uh, let's string a line up across the. <laughs> you know. We don't want to kill him. Yeah, hurt him a little, maybe, but not kill him. <clears throat> All right. Well, we thought about killing him, but we kind of hated to go. <laughs> That's right. Let's see here. Let's look at uh, Isaiah 55. 6 through 13. We'll actually just read uh, probably 6 through 8, I think. But uh, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And our God and and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Uh, and here's the problem I think that we have. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways or your ways, my ways, declared the Lord. I think that's why all this stuff's so hard for us. Uh, we we want to try to follow the example that Christ showed us, but it's it's hard. Even as even as we become a Christian, we let the Holy Spirit lead us. We still resist. We still struggle, and we have a lot of these uh, issues uh, of not making the right decisions because we don't go to God in everything necessarily. You know, I, we're kind of taught, especially. Uh, you know, I was taught, you know, men do these kind of things. You know, this is you're supposed to take care of your family and do these kind of, you know. And, yeah, when I was buying a house or getting married or something like that, boy, I was praying about it, making sure I did it. But did I pray about which direction I came to Mount Airy on this trip? Mm-hmm. No. But maybe we should, you know, because, I mean, I think God wants to lead us in all of our decisions, not just the big decisions. Uh and the reason I say that is because I'm a parent, 
and I want my son to ask me, even if it's a little thing, if he asks me advice, I'll be glad to tell him. I don't care what it is. You know, what kind of bread should I buy? Well, I like this kind of bread, son. You know, whatever it is. And I think... Uh, well, I mean, if we can just remember, there's nothing big to God. Everything's small. <laughs> so, And if it's important to us, it's important to Him. That's right. That's right. That is right. Boy, you don't really think about it like that. Things we think are big, buying a house... So I'm going to live in it for 30 or 50 years, whatever. Yeah, that's not very long to him. <laughs> it's not a big decision. It's just for a short time. Why do you think the Hanson boys picked the week when Wally was going to be going to ride the gas station? This one's a pretty easy one. Because <laughs> Wally wasn't there and Gomer was on. <laughs> Gomer, in this whole episode, Gomer is so naive when Andy says, I don't want you to tell anybody about this, Gomer. Not even you. <laughs> no, you can tell me, Andy says. So I think that was probably why. Now, Gomer being there uh, is an, a whole other situation in tar. <laughs> <laughs> in tar. That's exactly right. Why didn't Gomer worry about uh, hiring Jimmy after hearing about the rumors? Hmm. Yeah. Because he was very backed up, and he couldn't do the work himself, and he really needed somebody with expertise, yeah. and this boy had expertise. Mm-hmm. So he hired him, and he's not the kind of person to look at somebody's bad side anyway, so he really fit the bill. Right. He needed a helper. Right. Yeah. And in addition to, to that, uh, Andy also said that he would cover it with Wally, so he knew he had Andy's back, you know, Andy had his back, you know, that uh, he'd cover things with Wally, so I think he felt comfortable. If Andy thought it was a good idea, then Gomer uh, was willing to take the risk. Right. Anybody else got anything on that? I look at Gomer, at, too, as being kind of a uh, backwoods unlearned, so he had a very trusting heart, which is not a bad way for uh, even smart folks should be that way to have that trusting heart and uh, uh, that's absolutely yeah because a lot of times that's what changes people is when you just keep keep giving them chances now there's some people you know after a few years you need to cut them off if you see they're never you need to cut ties with them but there's a lot of people that just they basically if you people are just looking for somebody to encourage them and give them a chance and and a lot of times, um, you people will do better if they just have one person to believe in them. That's all they need is somebody to believe in them and say, you can do this. You can. It, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. You can. Yeah. Yeah, I think Gomer, as we said, was just so trusting. He didn't look at all on the bad side of anybody. Everything was the good side. He had no belief there was any bad side to anybody. I mean, that's just the kind of the way you get from him. You know, there was, nobody's making fun of him. They're not hooking him up with Mary Grace because she's a dog. You know, he's not doing none of that. It's like, you know, he's naive. Yeah, but he's, but like you said, I think that's not necessarily, it's not a bad thing to be looking for the best in everything. I think that's probably a good thing because, honestly, I, I think sometimes as humans we tend to look for the worst in everything and that's really not where we want to be. You know, everybody's not out to get you, you know, really, probably. 
anyway. <laughs> so try not to think that they are. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they'd be good. Treat people right, do right by them, even if they do you wrong. And God will always cause you to triumph in the end. He will. So it doesn't matter. People can't take advantage of you if you don't let them. If you just do for people because you love them, they can't take advantage of you. That's a good uh, one of the things that a friend of mine that we do Bible study with, he had said a long time ago, you know, uh, you see a, a beggar or somebody walking on the street asking you for money or, or needing something like that. He had come to the conclusion that, like you said there, at uh, okay, if I give them ten dollars, they may go out and buy something to drink, or they may go buy something to eat. We don't know what they're going to do. But that's not what's important. It's the fact that God is leading you to help that person. You were faithful to do what God told you to do, and that's what that's where we need to be, right? So we need to be. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about what they're going to do that's with right. it. You just do what, you, what God tells you to do, and that's, that's right. it. And, like, you think about some of these people that stand out here, you have to think about they must have no pride at all because I couldn't do it. I couldn't stand out there and beg for money. So if nothing else, you just have to think, man, they've come to the end of themselves. Even, you know, I don't know. It's... It, it bothers me when I think about their, you know, they must be in some kind of bad situation if they're able to stand out here with a sign and say whatever it says. And whether they're duping us or not, you know, you don't worry about that. Right. You don't. Right. We just have to be faithful to what God told us to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And the Bible says, you know, if you lend to the poor, God will repay you. So you don't have to worry about it. He always brings it back to you. And that's why you just have to give and do good and just go on. Don't sit there and say, I wonder what they're doing with it. I wonder, you know, that's not really giving. you got to give and let it go. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, surely Jimmy realized the reputation he was getting uh, with people like Mr. Carter voicing their opinions. Why didn't he grow up bitter? What do you think? What? I think because he knew he didn't do it. He knew mm-hmm. that he was a good person. It didn't matter what people were saying about him, and that's... That's the thing I see Jimmy as putting on that armor, and he was, you know, he didn't have anything on the backside of him. He just kept going forward, doing what he knew was right. He didn't change. He just, he kept going in every day. He knew he wasn't doing anything wrong, and he knew eventually he would probably be um, cleared. Yeah, he knew he'd be cleared because he knew he wasn't doing anything. And I think he felt Andy's belief and faith in him somewhat because the first thing about the batteries Andy already was wanting him to fix something on the car and he, right. he was feeling that so, at least somebody was standing up for him. Right. I think that helped him to keep going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, because it would be real easy to be bitter if you're Jimmy. And uh, let's see here. Matthew uh, 5. Let's see. I've got my notes all mixed up. We're in uh, trying to go to Matthew five thirty eight and through forty five. So it says, "If you have heard, if you have heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or you've heard that said, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn him, turn to him also the other. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic." Give him your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go on one mile, go on two miles with him. 
Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Love, you know, it's basically loving your enemies in that case. Uh, it says, uh, you've heard it said, uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So that's kind of what you were saying. We, we, should, do, we should do what we know needs to be done whether the person we're doing it for... Well, love is what brings people to repentance. That's right. That's how you bring them. You don't judge them. If they're doing something wrong, they already know it, and they don't need you sitting there pointing it out to them. That's right. But if you love them past all that, that's what brings them back to the Lord. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go... Uh, here's Of the three electronal marvels in this episode... Whose was the most efficient in law enforcement? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it wasn't uh, Barney and Opie at the courthouse with the PA system. All right, Lefty, me and you's busting out tonight. Wasn't that one? Barney's camera actually was pretty cool. They didn't actually work out like they thought it was going to. So it was really Jimmy, you know, who's able to use some electronic marvels and uh, capture the crooks. You know, would uh, you think Andy would have been able to catch the crooks if Jimmy hadn't uh, been doing that? That's just a question. Is would he have caught them? Because that was a pretty good trick they were running. You know, but uh, anyway, he might would have eventually, but he wasn't going to then because he was going in to arrest Jimmy right then. That's right. Yeah, he had finally decided it was Jimmy. Oh, yeah, and Jimmy had the key, and you know, it was hard not to think it was him. Can a person be too trusting? That was a question we had here. Yeah, you probably can. Because people will definitely take advantage of you. And while I think Christians, we want to be looking for the good in everybody, that doesn't mean you can't learn from mistakes that you've made and try not to repeat them later on. And that's why we need God's wisdom and discernment every day, every hour, every minute. That's right. That's right. God can give you that discernment. If you pray over the decisions, no matter how small they are, if we pray over them, He can guide us to do the right things and to treat people the way that we need to treat them. Uh, you're not supposed to be a doormat necessarily for people, but then you, but you don't want to behave in a way that's not how Christ would have behaved. So that's big order, but I think, like you said, through prayer, and, and you can ask for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to help you and guide you in that kind of thing. Uh, I believe that's that's very helpful. Have you ever given up on someone who needed your trust? That ever happened to you? That's kind of a rhetorical question. Think about it. Is there anything you know? Have you ever given up on somebody? Yeah, maybe I have. You know, I, you know, there's because there's they're difficult people, and sometimes it's easier just to avoid them than to have to deal with whatever the problem was. So maybe I have done that. You know, maybe I need to, at the minimum, try not to do it again. You know. I worked with a lady who was like, she just everybody ran from her because she just was off the wall, and I wanted to run from her. And I know the Lord dealt with me about that, and He's, you know, kind of told me you need to go to her. 
And when I went to her and I found out her son had killed himself like three years before that or something, and she was really dealing with a lot of stuff. And I'm thinking, so from then on, I ran toward her instead of away from her. And, you know, she just became the best, I mean, just one of my best friends that I, I just, I, and I'm thinking if I would have done what everybody else does and just run because you don't want to deal with the problem, how many people run from us because they don't want to deal with problems we're going through or things like that? I think a lot about uh, uh, some ladies in my church that, that held on and stayed with me when I acted crazy when I was just first uh, becoming a Christian and, and trying to shake off the stuff of the world and trying to act like somebody. and. So it, it makes me think about that now, that there are people who, um, even though they're acting crazy, you need to run toward them as a Christian. You definitely, God's put that, you pray and pray for God to put people in front of you to, so you can help them. And, you know, use me, Lord. And he puts somebody here and you're like, no, I don't want that one. Give me somebody that's okay, that's already fixed, that I don't, I don't want a project. That's right. Sometimes you can, you can run into people like that you want to avoid, but you might have a similar situation. So you can connect, and that helps them out a lot, yeah. too. So. Yeah, a lot of things you've gone through in your life, uh, God can use those things to minister to other people a lot of times. You know, so. George Meyer always says, let your test be your testimony. <laughs> Don't just let it be the monies. I mean, have something good come out of it. Just like Stan with a lot of things he's been through. You know, he's been able to minister to a lot of people. About especially about discouragement and you know oh, yeah. that kind of thing. It's been tough. Yeah, I think that's where you're. That's uh, that's strong to be able to do that because uh, a lot of times the problems you have, they're pretty overwhelming at times, uh, depending on what they are. But I mean, they can be, especially health problems and things like that. Definitely, they just don't ever seem to get better. Yeah, but there's so many people you touch by singing, by talking by just caring about them and stuff if you've been through those situations you might be able to help them better than other people if you made it through it and you're out on the other side and hopefully as Christians as we go through our life we trust Christ we trust the Holy Spirit God leads us through situations and hopefully it's like it's kind of like walking up a hill Every every hill, you, you don't feel like you're making any progress because you're never getting to the top of the hill. But when you look back down and go, wow, I made it through all that. That should give you some sense of, you know, God's right here with me. And, you know, it's like the you know the poem about walking in the, the footprints in the sand. And then there's only one set of footprints, you know, and, and it's, no, I didn't leave you. I was, you know, I was carrying you. Tears me up thinking about it. But, uh, but, you know, that's where if we can just remember that and go on and realize he's right there with us as we're dealing with other people, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, what do you do when you find yourself in a dark situation? That's kind of that's what we were just talking about. What do we do? We we look and we we trust on Christ. That's all we can do. To look to to look back and you thinking why did I have to go through all this and it's like it's almost like a rubber band you don't know what that rubber band will do until you apply the pressure to it and and that's the way I kind of think God does us I mean He trusts you He wants to take you to the next level but you can't go with everything just handed to you and everything just you know so easy and I know as a baby Christian you start out and everything you pray you get right away and it's like all these things are. 
And I know there's times that I've had to deal with doctors in Atlanta trying to get Stan's medication, and I was just, like, so frustrated. And I would say, Stan, come in here. We're stopping right now. We're praying. And we had not even seen his surgeon after the surgery. It was 90 days before we ever saw his surgeon. He never talked to us. And I'm in there praying, and I'm mad. I'm praying angry. I'm just like, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to be stopped. And, and, you know, the Bible says the violent take it by force. So we got in there, and I was praying. And we I hadn't even been praying a minute till Stan's phone rang. Well, first of all, nobody at the hospital had his number. They all had my number. And it was the, the surgeon that did his surgery. Now, how he knew to call, I don't know anything. I don't know how it happened. But we our deal is to believe. Right. And... Mm-hmm. And God, I know, I don't even know how the man got his phone number. Nobody at Grady had his number. The surgeon called himself and said, what do you need? And we told him, we need his medicine. He's on these three. No problem. Where do you want it called into? I'll do it right now. And so there were times that we we did things, and through sheer exhaustion, I wasn't thinking to, you know, pray about this first. And so we'd be in the middle of it, and I would think, I'm so dumb. I didn't pray about this. Come in here. And we you know, we would stop, and just like we needed his medical records, and we kept getting, nobody would send them. We kept calling, and, and things were just, and I said, no, this is not right. We're not having this. So we get in the car. We're driving to Atlanta to get him. I prayed almost all the way down there. We walk in, and these people were falling all over us, just like, what do you need? We probably weren't there 15 minutes, and and we had everything we needed. It was a great trip. We get in the car, and we leave. And so when you – but the more things you have like that, it's like as as things are happening to us, I'm like, it's just bouncing off. I mean, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Things that really should cripple somebody, it's like, you know, whatever. Well, that's God's, yeah. because God's seen you through it yeah. before. He's seen you. And, yeah, you do gain faith in following him and him being faithful and doing what he said he would do. And it makes it easier to take that next step the next time, every every step forward. I, I agree with that. Going with the, the lesson and the show, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's darkest hour was there. Yeah. So he took charge himself. He knew what to do. And he says, nobody's believing me here, so I'm going to use what I have, you know, in his electronic marble and what he knew, <laughs> and he did, and he set it up, and he, you know, do yeah. uh, what he knew, it brought him through it, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I think prayer is a great thing, like she said, and it's something you can do anywhere, anytime. But one thing that I found, I, and I've been a Christian for a long time, but one thing I haven't done until the last two or three years that brings so much comfort to me when I have some dark and bad times, I just start reading the Bible, and I every time find something, no matter where I'm at in there, it's something to connect with the problem I'm having. That just when I get done, I feel so much better. I feel so comforted, and you know, I know you can't do that everywhere you're at. Prayer is the best because you can do it anytime, anywhere. But I still think that's another good thing when times are dark. You just seem to find a lot of relief right there. Right. And praise, you know, the Bible says praise steals the mouth of the avenger, and you can just start praising the Lord. And yeah. some people look at you like, "Why are you praising the Lord? You've got all this thing." Well, that's how I'm going to get out of it. I'm yeah. going to praise my way out of it. Mm-hmm. You trust Him. I mean, you can. Like sometimes we get in these prayer groups at church, and we pray one for another over stuff, and and I always say, "Lord, we don't thank you on credit. You know, we we praise you on credit. We know you're good for it." Because he will, he will do, I, and we have seen him do so many things just for us this last. It's it's just amazing, and then, 
And a lot of times, you know, we pray about things, but a lot of times we just say, Lord, thank you. We Just like the roof problem, we had a roof mm-hmm. being put on when we left, and it's like, we're going to Mayberry. Lord, I just thank you. You stay here and take care of all that. I'm going to Mayberry. I'm not fooling with it. I'm not, you know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. You just tell him what you want and go on. He says he wants to have and enjoy life. And so I'm going to have and enjoy life, and I'm not worrying about the problems. I did that for too long, and then on the other side of it, it's always, he always took care of it. He's good for it. Yeah. 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 And like I said, as a dad, yeah, of course he would. Because don't you take care of your children? You know, he feeds the birds of the air. Why don't he take better care of you? You know, if we can just let it go. Well, folks, we've, we've, we've covered most everything. There's some verses on here we didn't go through, so if you'd like to look them up yourself and read through them, that'd be great. I want to thank everybody for participating. This is great. I loved hearing all the... Uh, comments and stuff and uh, just this final thought here when Andy said uh, I guess we'll have to chalk one up to the youth of today barn not to mention the good old scientific know-how so let's let's just remember to keep each other in our prayers to uh, keep other Christians in your prayers lift them up try to try to help them because everybody struggles try to remember to re- read your Bible pray every day get, put on that armor and uh you know, and try to not be too quick to judge other people. You know, don't be, don't be crazy, and don't and trust everybody. And let every hitchhiker get in your car. I'm not saying that at all. But I think if we trust God, he'll 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 do well to take care of us. So let let uh, let me pray, and we'll uh, get out of here. Father, I just want to thank you so much for leading this discussion, Lord. Just have your Holy Spirit here with us, just. Uh, give words of encouragement, uh, words of testimony, uh, words of wisdom. Lord, we just uh, learn from You every time we try to look at You in any way. And we're looking through a TV show and trying to put those Bible principles, uh, Your principles, into these shows, Lord, that we can remember it, that we will draw it into our mind when we see this show again. When we see each other again, we'll remember some of these things, Lord. I just want to thank you so much for just using so many different ways to show who you are to us and for sending your son here to die for us and for giving us your word that we can find comfort in it any time we read it. Lord, we can pull and trust from it the things that you said, that you are everything you said you are in the Bible, Lord, and that we can trust you as our Father in heaven and we... we the love that you've given us by sending your son lord we just thank you so much for that lord just uh keep all these folks safe as they head home uh lord and george just thank you for allowing us to gather together amen all right well folks that's it uh all right folks well that's it for this episode of the mayberry bible study podcast i want to remind you you can head over to mayberry bible study podcast.com and download the lesson plan that we just went through so if there's any parts that uh, you didn't pick up on or all the other bible verses that i mentioned they're all there on the lesson plan so you can go and download that and read it for yourself and go through it and use this to uh, lead a bible study at your church or in your small group or something like that folks i I do want to thank all of those who uh, attended the mayberry meetup in June, I mean, in July, 
2013. I want to thank them for participating and being part of the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. And I want to thank all of you who've taken time to listen to the episode, and I hope you got something from it, because the Lord's Word does not return in vain. And I know uh, He can use it, no matter how poorly I do. (laughs) So folks, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time on the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. Good night. Love